isn't your typical motorsports podcast. You're listening to Crush This, a monster truck podcast presented by High Octane Coffee and J Concepts. A show where we take you inside the minds of your favorite drivers, past and present, of the monster truck industry. And now, your hosts, Brad Shaw and Dan Chichagash. Buckle in. The show starts now. stuff i got all working out here but it is cheech from crush this wow is it going uh i was actually not even supposed to be here today uh i got a side project i was working on and uh well uh well some situations have came about uh the six weeks uh brad has missed another week so the situation going on i do not know but uh hope he feels better and everything like that. So if you guys want to know about Brad, just send me a DM. And uh, he'll tell you what's up. But uh, it is what it is. So want to give you guys a heads up. I will be at this weekend. I know I will be back in Tennessee, which was kind of funny. And uh, uh, we got cannot hear you. Hello, 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 hello. Let's go here. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? Uh, you guys can barely hear me. Oh, geez. Um, hello, hello, hello. Uh, before I uh, continue on, uh, can you hear me? Rate from 1 to 10. Uh, about, uh, I will continue on with the program if I get an 8. <laughs> so, uh, okay. All right. Thanks, Dad. I can hear you loud. And, okay. I, okay. That's what you're saying. You can hear me. All right. Cool. So, sorry about that, folks. Um, like I said... Brad can't uh, couldn't make it this time. Um, something happened. So, uh, if you want to know, just go ahead and message him. I guess he's not feeling very well, and um, this is about the fourth time out of the six shows that it has happened. So, um, but it is what it is. So, hopefully, he gets better. Um, like I said, I am going to look at my schedule and find out. Uh, I know where I'm going. I just forget the town. So here, go appearances in my own situation here. Okay, so me and Curtis and Nathan uh, Smith will be in Crossville, Tennessee. If anyone wants to, it's a, we're going to bring ammunition to the East Tennessee Dodge Chrysler Dodge uh, Jeep Ram dealer. Um, 
in Crossville, Tennessee. So if anyone wants to come down and uh, say hello, and uh, I think uh, the Saturday afternoon we'll be doing an exhibition car crush. So And also the week after that, we'll be in Etna, Oklahoma for a monster truck show for Linda Beckley. We're just going to bring the Raminator instead of Ramunition. So um, Illinois is going to have uh, – uh, I just muted myself. I don't know how I did that. Um, let's see here. Uh, they will be in Marion, Maryland, Illinois for a display. So here's a funny, here's a funny story I'm going to talk about before we get Joe on. This happened two years in a row, including this year. So two years we did a display in Kingsport, Tennessee. The first year we went, we were following, we were followed by a white rig about maybe the probably about a few feet longer than ours. And we found out later that it was, uh, let's see here. Found out later it was Jamie Gardner's two terminal velocity and wild side. And they had a show at gray, uh, Tennessee at the Appalachian County fairgrounds. Fast forward to last week, we had a display and we had a monster truck show 15 minutes away from where we're at. It's just funny how it happens to be like that. And uh, uh, we didn't do the show, but it was an all-star promotion show, which was, I mean, those guys are awesome. Brian Wagner and his crew. Um, it's just uh, It was just funny because it happened back to back. So we, I didn't know if maybe the... The, the dealerships and stuff like that talk to each other and stuff like that but I, I didn't know but it was just it was just funny that there it happens a lot quite frankly uh the last two years pretty much 2019 and 20 we would normally have a monster truck show the same weekend as the dealership I don't know if the dealership people like to book the same weekend or not knowing there's a monster truck show or they just do it just because there's a monster truck show there. I don't know, but it has happened multiple times where um, people have a monster truck show and we're there just, you know, for the dealership. It's just crazy. It's just interesting. But outside of that, I um, want to thank Joe Sylvester and High Octane Coffee. Uh, we are going to be at one of his events at Canfield, Ohio, July 3rd. So that's going to be pretty cool. His uh, monster truck drags. Uh, outlaw drags are be going on and stuff like that. Um, J Concepts. I just released uh, a photo of the Big Boss, which is the part of the J Concepts regulator. It uh, runs an 89 J Concepts Ford F-250 body. Uh, also has the back, back steering servo that has on it. It runs the two T27 motors that J Concepts have. Uh, also... Um, uh, it also runs the tribute rims and tires, good gold year tires. So it's all set from J Concepts, which is uh, uh, be pretty cool to have. So take a look at all their products. They just debuted the Bigfoot um, 20, uh, 2020 Raptor body. And then um, also with the decals, take a look at JB Scale Graphics. They just released, uh, they, they're officially licensed by Bigfoot, uh, Obsess Obsession. Obsessed, Bad Habit, Overkill Evolution, um, and uh, others. They just uh, 
uh, debuted the Ripper. We had um, that guest on about three weeks ago. So that's pretty cool to have. Uh, there's some upcoming stuff coming on too. Uh, I'm going to try to get a crush this body made. Uh, and uh, that's coming out straight from Brad, the JB Scale to put on. So don't forget JB Scale Graphics also does flags for you guys. So go ahead and take a look at that stuff too. Uh, so want to give you a heads up with JB Scale. If you want anything done by them, you got to ask permission by the personnel that owns the names and rights to those trucks. Um, so just, you want to go with that, uh, back channel productions, they run all sorts of video campaigns, uh, like Nick Davis on chat says he will be, um, he will be, I think you're going to be at Canfield, Nick, you're going to do that outlaw thunder drags. I think you're also doing the renegade tour too, I believe. Um, so that'd be pretty cool too. Uh, you just released, uh, uh, I think the Lincoln speedway one. And uh, that, that'd be pretty cool to watch. Uh, so go check out Back Channel Productions um, on uh, YouTube. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Josh Rhodes and the Retro Monster Truck Review. Go check him out on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. He travels. It's basically a uh, Back to the Future DeLorean back-in-time monster truck type deal. So, um, oh, yeah, and he will be in Gilbert which is the week of uh, the first week of the uh, Renegades tour. Um, but go check out Josh's Josh Rhodes Retro Monster Truck Review. I'm, I did an episode with him maybe a few months ago at Hampton, Virginia in 1988. He has done phenomenal all sorts of different shows, uh, all the way from the first ever Monster Truck televised show to right now the most recent to up-to-date year is World Finals 9. So uh, go ahead and take a look at his stuff. He's just going to release uh, information next tomorrow with a allmonster.com interview that he did with the legendary Dennis Anderson. Uh, if you don't know the guy, um, hopefully you do. I mean, he owned I mean, he owned at once a black and green wrecking machine, put that together in a chicken coop. Um, so check him out. And listen to that interview. So like Nick Davis says on the chat, if you guys have any questions, please go ahead and ask. I'll give that to Joe. But it is going to be the starting weekend for the Renegade Monster Truck Tour that Zaner 2 puts together with all the help from everyone that's going on here. But the cool thing is, is this that that's this weekend at Gilbert. And uh, we're going to interview one of the guys that are going to be starring into this program, driving one of Zaner 2's monster trucks and representing the classic name barely team with the teammate of master disaster is mr joe lockhart hopefully yep there, there, you, go. Yeah, there you are yeah i appreciate you guys having me on you know uh i listen to a lot of these podcasts on the long drives to the tracks uh your guys's and scott douglas's and a couple other ones and um just cool to be on because there's so many people in the monster truck industry whether it's truck owners or drivers or crew members. Uh, so I just, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time with me this time. Oh, no problem. Especially since uh, uh, the ball, the train or the roller coaster of the monster truck world is going to start rolling with you guys. I mean, uh, you guys did do, I'm just, just not to get everyone confused. This ain't your first weekend. You have done plenty. You have done a few shows prior to the renegade portion of it. Um, but this is going to be the start of your Renegade uh, 
festivities, I guess, until October. So um, with that going on, uh, uh, my first, I, the first thing I wanted to know is how is it now running for different promoters instead of like last year, you ran with Zane to get your feet wet, but now you did a bunch of all-star events too. So how was that experience for you? Um, that's a pretty good question, actually. Uh, all the series as we've, we've been in and run have been very welcoming and understanding and helpful. Um, Brian and the all-star guys, you know, they welcomed me in and um, we, we had a lot of fun with them this whole first quarter, basically. Um, Joe and uh, Stacy and, um, you know, Brian and all them guys, they, they do an amazing job. Um, I think what was different about that series for me opposed to the Renegade, um, I didn't have Logan with me uh, running the mini trucks. Uh, and, and, of course, Zane and Lindsay weren't nearly as busy um, running the series stuff and, and kind of overseeing a lot of that stuff. They had a lot more hands-on and focus with the trucks, which really allowed me to dig deep into understanding things I didn't know. I, I kind of had Zane's undivided attention on working on trucks and, and helping me through a lot of things that I was kind of green and didn't, didn't know. Um, Cause he's just so busy when, with his series, you know, to corner him for, you know, and pick his brain for 15 minutes is usually pretty tough uh, just cause he's, he's got a full plate with everything. So to have his attention in Florida um, and do, you know, to, to really learn a lot of things was very beneficial going into the renegade series um i'd like to say that florida swing went good but it went far from anything that we anticipated as as the ritu team um zane went over a bunch of times in his new truck i i had my first rollover um in a truck uh and it was actually the the slowest most boring crash you'd have probably ever seen in your life so uh pretty disappointed in myself for for that um some of that just being so green and not understanding, you know, sometimes slow is not your friend in a monster truck, which you would have known the slower you hit something, the more you'd be upside down. Um, but it, it was great, you know, but running with the all-stars, you know, those guys took us, you know, went out to dinner with them guys quite a bit. Um, some of the other drivers, uh, John Zimmer Jr. and uh, Zach Garner, you know, uh, on non-monster truck nights, we went to uh, some sprint car races. I uh, kind of got their feet wet over there, and then uh, they must have liked it because they ended up going to someone's uh, handy when I wasn't there. So, uh, but running with different promoters never hurts. It uh, they all seem to be same passion and and want to be you know doing what they're doing and, and doing a good job. So it was good. So we're going to talk about a little bit about how you got started and the elephant that is in your room right now, right behind you, number 58. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how did you get into racing? And how, oh, let's talk to about how you got into uh, the world of sprint cars, too. So let's go first, how you got into racing, and then how did you get into sprint cars? Yeah, you know, I, I started when I was relatively young. Um, I struggled most of my life racing only because my family didn't come from racing. My dad wasn't into racing. Um, so I just, uh, I started mowing grass and I bought my first go-kart. Um, my dad took me to the track, didn't really want a lot to do with it, but because I liked it, he ended up uh, throwing it in the back of his truck and taking me. Um, I started in, in go-karts, did some motocross, dirt bikes, bounced back to some go-karts, uh, Found a home in, in uh, ATV racing for quite a while. Uh, traveled with Hetrick Racing and SRE Industries and stuff. And they kind of took me all over the country with that. Um, 
I found a love for stock car racing, uh, more of a stock class at our local speedway. Uh, believe it or not, my mom out of everybody was the most into racing as far as just going and watching. Uh, so she took us on Sunday nights to like our local Tri-City Speedway. Um, I just fell in love with circle track racing, um, something to do. Uh, I bought my first stock car when I was 16. Uh, was nothing great. Uh, didn't have the money to do it. Um, but we got a car together and kind of kind of did that for for five or six years. Um, I did take a break from racing for probably three or four years in general uh, through my 20s. Um, just to focus on business, you know, I, my whole life was getting eaten up with racing. I was spending every dime I had to go racing. So I told myself I wanted to build a business to where if I could come back to racing, I could race at the level I wanted to race at. Uh, and if I couldn't get to that, then I didn't I didn't want to race because I'd raced long enough at that point that it wasn't fun to run fifth through 10th. I, I really wanted to win some races and I knew my caliper of equipment and in my knowledge, to be honest with you, just wasn't there. So I needed to uh, regroup and uh, I came back to racing as a car owner, um, mostly because of my son was, had just been born uh, and the dangers affiliated with it. And, you know, it's weird as you get older, you start thinking about that stuff. I didn't want him to grow up without a dad if something, God forbid, happened to me. Um, so I I ventured into sprint car racing, of uh, initially hiring drivers or having drivers drive for us. I uh, quickly built into a pretty good uh, operation because I, I really love the business side of the racing and, and working with the sponsors and promoters and that sort of stuff. And uh, we were very fortunate uh, with funding and stuff, you know, hitting the, the streets advertising and stuff and uh, allowed us to do a lot of traveling and win some championships and stuff. Um, when uh, when things went, uh, wouldn't say south with a driver, but when we parted ways for him to do some of, some of his own stuff, uh, I climbed back in the seat and uh, raced for a while. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I still enjoy racing um, sprint cars or whatever. Um, but the ball quickly turned again because my son was old enough to race. So uh, my last year of racing sprint cars, my son raced his first full year of go-karts and we were on the road over 90 nights that year. And I knew at that point, like something had to break. Uh, it was either going to be him racing and dedicating all my time and energy into that, or I was going to race. And you know what? He was five years old and was diehard to go racing. And I, I found comfort in uh, watching him race and be successful. So we, we kind of did that, which, which led us to where we are now with the monster trucks and Zane and, and Lindsay. Cause um, it's a funny story, but I, I always joke like I'm riding the coattails of him now because he more or less got me into the monster truck stuff. So uh, before we get to the monster truck stuff, I, I wanted a few questions about the sprint cars and stuff like that, like we talked about beforehand. And the level that you're racing in was in the 410 category. And maybe if someone doesn't know the ins and outs of a sprint car, just explain about one of those cars. Well, they're... Uh they're a 12 to 1300 pound um, car with a wing on it. The wing, the wing means a lot in sprint car racing, uh, the downforce and, and the wind um, they call what, what they call kind of like dirty air. Uh, so when you're not in the lead, the, the winds come into different, different variables and stuff and setting the car different. But uh, the, the biggest thing about a sprint car is it, it is direct drive. I mean, you're in gear, you're out of gear and that's something, you know, when you first sit in a sprint car and get going, uh, they push you off because there's no transmission. Um, 
So you're in gear, you're out of gear. There's you can step on the brakes and slow down a little bit, but there's no stopping the car, or pushing the clutch in, or doing anything like that. Um, you know, the cars average, you know, anywhere between 90 and 140 miles an hour average speed at different tracks, and um, they're open wheels, so you're not wanting to touch each other or bump in any guardrails or doing anything like that. Um, in a typical race car, you know, in a, any race car, but specifically a sprint car, I mean, the drive shaft's running between your legs, um, your power steering's right in front of you, the engine's literally uh, uh, inches in front of your feet, um, the f hot fuel lines are coming in, they're returning on the left side, uh, all of your brake stuff, I mean, absolutely every possible thing that could go wrong in a race car has seriously surrounded you in a sprint car, but uh it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to drive. I mean, I, I always kid that it's, uh, it's like getting to drive a, a rocket shot out of a, a plane that you can kind of steer and sometimes you kind of can't depending on how it, how it's set up. But uh, there's, uh, there's not many feelings in the world like piloting one of those things. So when you're racing one of those cars, I mean, your mind has to be calculating everything that's going on. Like, like I asked when we talked about uh, previously, I mean, before we went on air about finding the line uh, on a sprint car, when do you know when you're going to lose traction or when is it time to go find another line to get that speed? Because I mean, even though you're not, obviously you're not like racing a NASCAR cup car where you're having 200 laps, you're racing maybe maximum of what, between 25 to 50 laps at whatever racetrack you're at as a main. So you you have to be calculating so much during a race. I mean that that that'd be that's crazy, isn't it? It it can be for sure, and that's uh, some of the reason why Logan was so successful. Is you know any kid has a jump start in life because if their their parents have raced because they've lived that and they can explain that down to them. But uh, closing speed is something I always worked really hard with with Logan. And, and going into what you're asking. Um, you know, you catch the back of a field, you know, you're doing 120 miles an hour, you're going to catch the slower cars very fast. And you got to pay attention to how fast you're catching them, where they're running. And, and sometimes it's a split second decision on, you know, whether you're going to end up on your roof or you're going to pass the person. But um, as far as the lines go, the dirt changes very fast. It changes. You, you have to pay attention all throughout the night. And then, you know, specifically as the race is going on, uh, like you said, most of these races are 25 to 40 laps. Uh, so if you're starting in the back, you better pass a car every lap to, to get to the front. Um, but as far as track lines and, and things, um, sprint cars are different than most of the other types of cars that are heavier. A sprint car is so light opposed to like a late model or modified. So uh, in a late model, you don't want your wheels spinning a lot because it's slowing you down. But in a sprint car, they call that wheel speed because when you find that little bit of grip on the track, it'll actually catapult you forward very quickly. Um, but generally on a dirt track, you're, you're more or less looking for um, a, a berm to, to either get your right rear up on and, and go around uh, the, the lighter colored or a darker colored dirt, which would mean it has some moisture in it. Uh, or if a track could rubber up very fast and you want to run right through the rubber, um, sometimes you have to watch the track throughout the night before the race starts and, and kind of set your car up to think what it might do and where you want to commit to. Um, a lot of times you don't get a balance in a race car to where you could run the top or the bottom or the middle. Like you got to gear it and set it up to know like there's a cushion up there and I'm going to commit to banging off of it for those 30 laps or, 
you know, maybe there's nothing up there and you want to gear it and set it up to run off the bottom where there's some moisture or, or get some get some rubber on your right rear tire. So uh, it's a crab shoot, man. That's that's why there's not a lot of the same winners every night, depending on the track, because um, it comes down to setup and how well you can read the track and how well you can move around on the track. Uh, you're going so fast and, you know, you're glancing at gauges. Um to watch the track change and the people in front of you. I mean, there, there's a lot going on, um, but it's still nothing like a monster truck. I mean, there is so much more going on in a monster truck in the cockpit than, than a race car um, ever has been. So it's a, uh, it's a huge transition for me. Well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, let people oh, a little bit. I got maybe two more questions about the sprint car side of it, yeah. everything. Um, also, people may not know that, uh, you know, if they don't follow the sport that every corner of that car has a different size tire. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's crazy to know about that, you know? Yeah. The uh, sprint car and even dirt track cars, I mean, most of the tires are a different size and what that allows it to do is um, more or less gives you a, a stagger to where the car will help the car rotate or turn left. Um, sprint car tires are, are probably run the most staggered. They do run the most staggered than any other forms of dirt track. Um, when you let off the throttle in a 410 sprint car, it will immediately turn um, left because the right rear tire is so much bigger than the, than the left rear. But uh, stagger plays a huge factor in depending on the, uh, the banking of the track and stuff. So you want to you wanna pick that wisely too. Um, a lot of times there can be anywhere between you know, eight and 15 inches of difference in the, in the right rear tire or the, the rear tires of the cars. Uh, now we have to go. Now I'm going with two more. Uh, my dad, Frank Agosh was asking, uh, does the wing move on a sprint car? Yes. At the, at the 410 level, um, there's a slider in the car, so you can, uh, you can adjust the wing forward and backwards. Uh, it cannot, you have to pick the tilt of the wing um, prior to the race, but it will slide forward and backward during the race. Uh, typically, if you're starting to um, get really loose and the car is sliding around on you, you can bring that wing back and that'll generally tighten the car up enough to uh, help you throughout the rest of the race. Um, and that's the crapshoot too, because if you um, if you adjust it early in the race, you know you're doomed the rest of the race. So um, you, if you have a bad car right off the get-go, it's only going to get worse. But you can usually make up a little bit of um, setup on the, you know, sliding the wing back. Uh, hopefully you have it dialed into where it's right at the end of the race and it, it really propels you those last few laps. Now, my last question is that logo, I think, on uh, on the back of the wing, uh, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. Um, now, this is actually, I think, two and one. But uh, if uh, from obviously, uh, people think that if you're in PA, you're part of the PA Posse, um, the famous outlaw group that the Sprint Car Series goes, and they take on the All Stars, the Wall of Outlaws, and stuff like that. And uh, if you're a part of that, and if and if not, uh, if if so, I mean, um, did you do a full season with the Wall of Outlaws? I didn't. Um, for us, basically, uh, understanding racing as a business, we we ran where it made sense. Um, and sometimes it just made sense to go run the run with the World of Outlaws, and sometimes it made sense to run with the All Stars, or it made more sense to stay home. Um, 
we we spent a good bit of time uh, running kind of all over the place. Uh, the World of Outlaws obviously pay the most. Um, last place in a in a World of Outlaw race is eight hundred dollars, um, which is pretty good in a sprint car. Um, so for me, I always I kind of pick and choose where I went. Um, if there was a local race that was uh, only paying one hundred and fifty dollars for last. Um, I would go run with the World of Outlaws four, five, six, eight hours away, uh, knowing that that last place was 800. Um, you know, we weren't successful in winning a ton of 410 sprint car races. Um, we won a pile of 305 sprint car races um, as I developed the team. But uh, it, uh, in my opinion, like we weren't really searching for that win money we were searching for what you know fifth through tenth paid and and made a business decision on on where to go from there uh but the the all-stars and the outlaws paid the most so if you're um just traveling to to have fun and make money you know you needed to you needed to travel a little bit with you know with them instead of staying at home right 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 and uh so uh, so now let's go to the transition. You had, you know, the sprint cars, you have your son. How in the heck did you get yourself inside of a monster truck? Yeah, well, that's actually a pretty involved story. Uh, kind of funny yeah. to, to some extent. Uh, well, we, I ended up, uh, you know, well, with racing sprint cars, I come to know Joey Sylvester, um, and he called me out of the blue one day, Logan. I'd actually taken some time to focus on Logan. So I wasn't currently driving a race car. Uh, I was traveling with Logan three nights a week running uh, junior sprints and go-karts. Uh, Joey called me and uh, told me about the Outlaw Monster truck drags and what they were doing. Um, and Zane and Lindsay were bringing a, an extra mini truck. Uh, Logan was pretty respectful on equipment. I've uh, been kind of distilled in his head not to bang and beat things up. Um, so they had they had uh, extended the offer for Logan to come over and film, you know, that pay-per-view event with uh, the Outlaw Monster Truck Drags. Um, we showed up over there and uh, been around racing for a long time, but um, we showed up over there and I think they drastically underestimated how small Logan was, even for his age. Um, of course, Zane and, and Lindsay were coming off of COVID, so that was, I think, one of their that was their first show back uh, since they had uh, stopped running anything any anywhere. Um, basically, Zane, you know, in the first five minutes, he's like, hey, there's the toolbox. Here's the trailer. If you can make it work, we'd love to have them drive. But, you know, they're busy doing their own stuff. They didn't bring any mechanics or anything. So, they're, you know, they were thrashing on their own stuff to get it done. And, and CJ's Mini was there, and they were doing that. But uh, in the first 15 minutes I was there, uh, I mean, I had the whole inside of his uh, mini truck tore apart, the seat completely out of it. I was cutting brackets, and I can only imagine what they were thinking. I mean, he told me to go ahead. Uh, I felt a little bit awkward about doing that. Um, so we, we got him fit in the truck. He went down and practiced for a few minutes. Um, he didn't get a lot of time. The minis didn't get a lot of time at that pay-per-view event, um, and they were actually scheduled to run a show in Erie, uh, that following weekend. Uh, so they invited him up to run the truck a little bit longer up in Erie. Um, and, it, and it worked out really well because uh, uh, CJ ran in Erie and then uh, Logan and Garrett were about the same size. Uh, Garrett's their other son, you know, and uh, 
So they kind of shared the barely tame truck and both got some seat time. Uh, and we had a really good time, you know. I, I'm not one of those that can, um, sorry, sit around and, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one of them to sit around. So I, I helped out with whatever I could with, uh, you know, Zane's truck and, and Stinger and them and just kind of enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, left there with, you know, an awesome experience. And uh, it was really weird that uh, Zane had reached out to me the following weekend uh, or following week. And uh, he had talked about uh, bringing Logan down and maybe driving some more in the mini truck at their test track. Um, oddly, at the very end of that conversation, he kind of mentioned, you know, bring your helmet and your gear and maybe we can get you in a truck or whatnot. And to me, that was really cool for him to say, but in my mind, I was going down there to focus on Logan. That's what I've been doing the last year is really put my time and energy into him. Um, so I didn't think much about driving one. Uh, we got down there uh, that weekend that they wanted him to come and um, spent a good part of the day uh, maintenance in some trucks and, and finishing up Garrett's truck actually. So all the kids could practice and do that. And um, it gets pretty funny from here. And, and I still tell this story, but, uh, you know, the kids practiced and it was almost dark, I think, that Saturday night. And uh, Zane kind of come to me in a panic. He's like, we really need to get you out in the arena and, and get some practice in. And I'm like, don't worry about it, man. I, I'm having a great time working on the minis and doing whatever. Um, wasn't heart set on doing it. You know, I appreciate the opportunity. But um, no, he's like, we really need you to get you out there. And uh, Like I said, it's about dark. Um, I got in the truck. Uh, I, embarrassingly enough, I couldn't even get the truck from the shop to the arena. Like, I didn't understand how the rear steer worked. His switches were a little bit different than what I thought how they worked. Um, I was more or less embarrassed. I'm like, I, I can't even get this truck into the arena, which, you know, I didn't really know where things were going anyway. I just thought he was extending an offer to, you know, just kind of cool thing to drive one. Um, once I got that figured out, I did make a couple figure eights uh, inside the arena and it got pretty dark. So I uh, brought the truck back to the uh, the shop and I was excited. Man. I'm like, man, that's probably something I'll never get to do again. That's an awesome opportunity. Um, we went to dinner that night. Didn't really talk about much uh, to do with monster trucks, just general life and whatnot. Um, got out in the shop early Sunday, did some more work on some trucks. Uh kids practiced a little more and, and again he come to me and he's like we really need you to make a race pass and like do all this stuff and um anybody that doesn't know zane zane sometimes makes a decision and like he's a million miles ahead of you so um in his mind he had i didn't even know about a renegade series or any of this sort of stuff i was just kind of doing whatever they needed with logan um so I went out and I made a couple uh, race passes and, and a couple of jumps on the freestyle uh, track and pulled back in and, you know, they start shutting the truck and stuff down and getting it cooled down. And uh, he mentioned over to me, he's like, well, you'll, you'll be good for the first race. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean the first race? And he's like, well, we're doing, you know, the Renegade tours can be based on like teams. So we have matching minis to the big trucks. We want you and Logan to drive Barely Tame, and, you know, I'm going to drive Stinger with CJ, and Lindsay's going to drive with Garrett, and, you know, that's how it's going to go. And I'm like, oh, well, well, that's really cool, you know. And I was like, well, when's that? And he's like, well, next weekend, you know, Westmoreland, we're going to start. Uh, so kind of funny how it all came together. And 
um, I always laugh because I always say like, you know, riding the coattails of my son because, you know, he got me there. I, I didn't, uh, I wouldn't have done it without him. So let's, let's go to that, uh, first show at Westmoreland. Um, was there any talk beforehand on what they wanted you to do? Basically, I mean, uh, just the like the feel, the show in general, not drive over your head or anything like that. What was your game plan coming into Westmoreland? Um, it's something I probably haven't really thought about till you asked. Um, there wasn't a lot of talk about it, uh, and I don't know if that stemmed from, um him just relying that I was common sense smart in the fact of like racing stuff before, or if, uh, a lot of me wants to say that they were so busy with their first event that, that, uh, season, you know, uh, setting everything up and making sure things were good, uh, making sure trucks were correct, that they weren't, uh, overly concerned about me, which I had not a clue what I was doing. Like, and I, this went on for weeks. Like I didn't, I didn't, no uh funny story like the first time i went to the finals with uh cory at toxic like they shut us off and i think there's something wrong with my truck because i didn't i've been to a lot of monster truck shows with my son but i didn't pay attention a lot of how things worked and of course they were trying to talk up the uh the the, the big event you know the the finals and uh and I, then i understood why they killed us and because they were talking about us but um, no real game plan going into Westmoreland. And I think there was just so much going on. And, uh, for me, I didn't have a lot of time to process because, you know, we were focusing on the kids and what they needed to do as part of the show, you know, or the event. Um, there wasn't, uh, you know, I guess in the sense, you know, take it easy till you get, get the feel for it and stuff. Um, but, uh, not a, Boy, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of talk about performance or what was expected. Uh, you know, I, I understood that, and I, I understand to this day because I've I've done racing and know my own stuff. Like we don't want to be tearing up a lot of stuff. Um, so I I think just going into it was you know make common sense decisions and and let's not end up on our lid. And I I kind of stuck to that mentality most of the year. I think with it. So then you go to your okay. So um. You have Westmoreland, then I think you go to a few of these racetracks. Now, Westmoreland, compared to these, some of these racetracks, has a lot more room compared to these places. Uh, well, watching the video from Back Channel Productions, uh, you learn very fast that the wall gets really, really close to you when you're about to try to swing into a donut or when you're racing someone in the finals or racing in general. Um, so, like you said before, Inside a monster truck is a lot more going on compared to a sprint car. Let's talk about the monster truck compared to the sprint car here. Uh, even though I think the only similarity between the two is they both run the same type of M1 alcohol racing fuel. That because when you close your eyes, if you don't hear a if you the first smell that you hit at a sprint car race is that alcohol fumes that coming out of those cars going around the track. Right. And but outside of that, they're two completely different vehicles. We've already heard about your side on the sprint cars. Now let's go to the monster trucks. So how is it compared to a sprint car? Yeah, they're they're totally different animals. Um, back to the to the track surfaces or facilities. Uh, Westmoreland spoiled me right off the get go. I mean, that was so big and wide and had lots of room to turn, and then 
I think our next three or four shows were all speedway shows that were uh, walls and tight turns and all that. Uh, and not to venture off into something else, but if you're not familiar with monster trucks uh, and I, I, I question now how many fans actually know some of this stuff, but you know, crush cars crush different in different parts of the country. Uh, a car down South won't crush nearly as hard as a, as a car, you know, say in North Dakota or something or Pennsylvania. Uh, I knew different types of dirt meant different things with racing across the country, but uh, dirt breaks down different uh, on ramps and, and that. So there's a lot of things happening uh, at, at the venues that uh, I, I'm not sure a lot of people know until you actually have to get out there and perform. Um, but as far as the, as far as the caliper of or differences of, of stuff, I mean, it, it's, there's, I don't even know that you could compare it. Um, there's so much going on in a monster truck, uh, in a, in a sprint car, you're glancing at gauges, you're watching your line, you're watching other cars on the track, and then you're more or less get used to that speed. So that, that, uh, seems pretty normal, uh, monster trucks now, you know, with the rear steer, uh, so you're basically turning the rear of the truck with your right hand and in the front of the truck with your left hand, um, you're using a lot of, um, foot controls with the, with the gas and the brake. Uh, and, and the gauges in the truck to watch the gauges in a truck is, is very much more important than, uh, not more important, but you need to watch them a little closer. Uh, things get hotter, faster in a monster truck. Um, you know, uh, the, the oil accumulator, uh, there's so much more things that you need to remember to do in a truck than, than you ever do in a, in a race car. Um, you know, there's, we don't have radio communication and, and circle track racing. So that was a little bit different for me, um, trying to give feedback of what was going on and uh, just getting in there quickly and getting your helmet and stuff on with uh, your radio, um, getting that hooked up to everything. And, um, but yeah, just turning wise. And then, well, so you're in the truck and you have all this going on, then you actually need to perform and, and do well, which is, you know, the, the truck is so much wider. You, you don't know, you know, until you're in one for a while, actually how wide, wide a truck is. And uh, when you accelerate, the front end comes up and you, you lose uh, vision of the ramps. Uh, you lose vision of the cars. Uh, sometimes you need to look down through the floorboards just to make sure you're, you're square. Uh, but by that time, sometimes it's even too late. Uh, so just, I, I don't know that you could even compare the two, honestly, it's uh it's, they're completely different beasts. So, how about the first time you hit a set of cars and you hit a ramp? Uh, you know, uh, did they ever tell you, like, I always hear, like, through when we went to, uh, when I worked for, uh, uh, let's say, Monster Jam University, they always say, if you think you're going fast, go faster. Uh, the, you know, the time, Brad, Brad always asks, when you first hit a set of cars, you thought you were, like, 10 feet up in the air, but they said you're only, like, 2 feet um what for for how quickly you have to learn about these things was that a trait that you had to learn about that you thought you're going faster but you need to go faster than that to get the performance that you need for the crowd yeah yeah you're probably pretty spot on with that um i i learned very fast and especially after florida swing uh speed is definitely your friend in a monster truck um, the slower you hit things, uh, the worst, the worst they can kind of be with, uh, without having that momentum. Um, 
I didn't know a thing about it, man. I, honestly, uh, our first show, you know, like I said, Zane and Lindsay were so busy. Um, I really relied on um, a lot of this this time with the Renegade tour. I, I picked Corey Snyder and, and Jay Snyder from Toxic's Brain a lot. Anytime they went out and looked at the track, um, I'd go out and ask too many questions. Sometimes I thought, you know, maybe I was being annoying to them. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's so many different obstacles in a monster truck and, and the height of things opposed to if there's a little bit of dirt in front of it, um, you know, uh, an elevated car stack will hit different than a, a traditional car. Uh, but for my first, uh, you know, the, the Westmoreland, there wasn't a lot of big jumps. There were race lanes and uh, we had big uh, loader tires. Uh, so we got some, uh, I think I did a lot of skywheelings that night. Uh, I think I got pretty uh, vertical in my last one that I did um, and a donut. But yeah, like you say, I think you, you think you're a lot higher than you really are. Um, now, my second run at Sealands Grove was catastrophically different. Um, they had a van stack, uh, was the very first hit of freestyle for me. Um, I knew I was higher than I'd ever been at that. And that only lasted about 30 seconds because. What I didn't understand at that point in time, even with the motocross background, was um, a three-foot pile of packed-in dirt will not give, and it'll throw you way higher than a, a car or anything else. Uh, so I backsided the stoppy ramp of Zane's, and I'm certain that it, this isn't right, but I felt like I was as high as the light poles uh, at the speedway. Um, so just learning those different things, uh, different, different ramp angle, like I knew ramp angles from motocross, but, um, what it did to a truck was a lot different. Uh, but yeah, we, I mean, seriously just learned on the fly. Um, Zane, if you can corner him and make him think about how he's driving a truck and, and corner him into a corner for 15 minutes, uh, an amazing teacher. Um, I've, I've got the test at his place a very little bit, um, to, to emphasize how well he, he can teach. Uh, I think my third attempt at a stoppie, I was vertical uh, in a standup, uh, but I had his undivided attention and that's very tough to get. Like I said, he's got a full plate with uh, running the series and, and driving a truck and overseeing some mechanics and all that stuff. Uh, he has really great people in, in good spots going into this season. Um, I, I hope he's a little bit free to enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy some of what he's, he's worked for, but, um, I, I really, like I said, learned, uh, uh, picked a lot of other drivers' brains um, just because I wanted to be better and I wanted to perform, um, you know, Zane's trucks to perform well. Um, this Florida swing, I, I uh, got to know John Zimmer Jr. and uh, Zach Garner, you know, Zach's a, Zach, they're both very talented drivers for their age. Um, you know, you can pick up a lot just by listening to people talk, even not asking them, they'll, you know, just their stories and their stuff, or even just watching them run. Um, you kind of learn a lot, but uh, basically I had to learn quite a bit on the fly this year. Um, but I don't know that I was, I had that time to be nervous because like I said, we had so much going on with our kids and making sure they were okay and making sure they understood, you know, a good run to have a good performance. Uh, it was just, climb in a truck and do what you can do. So uh, pretty, pretty different, interesting, actually. Actually, Nick Davis asked a question here and you want to talk to you about getting used to body roll. 
Um, if I know what he's meaning exactly, um, which I got to give the guy a shout out, man. Like I got to know him so well. Nick, uh, he did a lot of production stuff for us last year with um, doing the uh, the Renegade tour and his videos and stuff are cool. So uh, back channel production, that, it was just really cool to get to know him and see his work. But um, body roll, you know, it it kind of it can kind of throw you different directions, you know, or, or doing whatever. Um, I'll never forget. I mean, even to this day, like you, you have an idea or a game plan, maybe going out for freestyle that you want to hit, uh, at least starting freestyle, like hit this jump, hit this jump, hit this jump. Well, if I understand what he's asking me, like I hit the first one and that body will roll to one side and kind of point the truck in a different direction. And you better be able to uh, regroup and, and continue on and run solid for, because it, it can throw you in a different direction um, and throw off your your idea of what you want to do and uh, very quickly. Are you uh, starting to learn about what can break in a monster truck, like uh, an an axle breaking or losing a third member or uh, you know tweaking a sway bar? Uh, are you starting to learn about what signs so you can go back to the pits and be like, hey, I got something messed up? Um. In fairness, I, I would like to say I, I am. Um, knock on wood, uh, I, I've been very fortunate that I, I haven't broke a lot of stuff. Um, we did uh, break a knuckle in uh, van work last year, and that was a that was a vertical jump off of a car that kind of came down on the on the back and kind of pogoed. Um, again, first time I hit an elevated car stack, I, I did I should not have preloaded the front of the truck. Uh, I didn't know it would throw me straight up and down like that. Um, 90% of the time, a truck would probably absorb that. But uh, in this case, it, it did break it. Um, and then, uh, thankfully, uh, again, I'm knocking on wood the whole time I'm saying this, but uh, um, I rolled the truck over in, in Florida. Um, I really, I know Zane has, Zane keeps pretty good uh, trucks together. You know, uh, they maintenance them pretty well. Um I have never experienced a, uh, a broken, uh, you know, spindle or, uh, uh, you know, an axle stripping or anything. I've seen him do it uh, in racing. Um, I understand how it all works and that. But uh, like I said, thankfully, I've, uh, I have I can tell you when I come in, if my sway bars need adjusted, um, I'm probably better at reading um, engine noises or, or watching gauges and understanding that uh, oil pressure and uh, whether my tranny is getting hot or radiators hot. Um, so I can radio a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, and it's funny that you say that because I, wa I want to go back through and watch any of the videos that I see and the mistakes that I make in freestyle, I, re I can tell you exactly like I didn't turn correctly because I was radioing, you know, somebody on the crew about something. Uh, so it's funny to go back and watch some of those, but um, very little, um, it's probably a good problem. I haven't had to radio them with maybe something. Uh, I had some rear steer problems a lot last year. Um, and I don't know why, but rear steer is such a simple, uh, or uh, it's, it's such a, a simple setup, but it took me until Florida to really understand, I guess, how that, uh, really works with electronics and hydraulics and stuff um even after all the problems i had with it last year uh but you know i quickly understood 
in the monster truck industry that, you know, sometimes you just got to go out there and make good decisions and run as hard as you can with, with when things aren't perfect all the time, you know, if your rear steer is broke, like do the best you can with it, you know, and, and do it, um, you know, put on some type of show for the fans. Now, another quick transition that you had this year was going from a Patrick to a Cohen. Uh, you know, Zane put you in the truck that he ran most of last year's Renegade Tour. Now he's running uh, a machine sh- metal shop chassis that Ryan and uh, Rick Disharoon had put together. So how is that transition to having drive two different chassis? Because I strongly believe in the monster truck world, every truck's different. Doesn't matter. You can have three. You got three metal shops. You got Toxic Sting and the new Grave uh, King Sling. All three of them are going to be a different running truck on how they are. So now you're used to the running the Patrick style chassis. Now he throws in and throws you into a you know a different maker chassis type deal. So now, how's that going for you? <laughs> Well, uh, again, that's a lengthy story. Um, I'll, and I pick on Zane for this. Uh, I fell in love with the Patrick truck. Only, you know, in fairness, that's the only one I, I drove. Um, but I really started becoming comfortable in that truck at the end uh, of the Renegade tour. Um, they there was some uncertainty going into the fall here. What exactly they were, who was going to be in what trucks? Um, they decided to redo the truck that I was in from the bare frame. They had uh, the frame updated uh, a little bit from the, the metal shop. And then they uh, they did an amazing job um, refurbing that truck. It was black and red. It was master disaster. Like Zane would tell you, like, I, I still pick up. I begged to be in that truck. Uh, not only because it felt comfortable, it looked cool. It was my colors from Trent Car Race, and it was. Um, but he really wanted me in that new truck and I was, I was game for, um, doing it. I got to test it in a little bit, turn it down there. Um, we went to Florida with very, very high hopes. At least I had very high hopes going to Florida because I'd had, you know, 20 some shows in or, you know, 16, 18 shows in at that point. Um, you know, kind of understood trucks and, uh, I knew that we didn't have the series commitment and, uh, we didn't have the minis with us. So really was focused on Florida. Um, it went not well at all for me. Um, everything that could probably go wrong went wrong in Florida. Um, to be fair with, uh, how it all came about, uh, after our Florida swing, um, I called Zane on the way home and, um, I can say this story because I've been in Zane's shoes. Um, when you when you provide somebody uh, best of the best equipment um, and they're not comfortable or I wouldn't say unhappy, but not comfortable um, with it. Uh, for me to want changes done to it is so selfish. And like if somebody that I gave a sprint car operation to came to me and said, I want this, this, and this changed, I would say, go drive for somebody else. Like, I, like you have the best of the best, either drive it or don't drive it. Um, Zane was far different from that. Um, I kind of just told him I wasn't comfortable in it. Um, the, the, it landed hard. My, my seat wasn't right. Um, I, I couldn't really reach the pedals. Um, all things that I thought I had figured out at the, at the shop, 
uh, prior to going to Florida just just wasn't right for me. And um, of course, the experience of things breaking and just we just had a rough Florida swing. Um, I kind of told Zane, like, I, I'd feel better if you just put someone else in the truck and we'll just do the stuff with uh, Logan and the mini stuff. Um, to my surprise, which he's a better person than me in this aspect, uh, they sent that truck back to the metal shop, uh, cut it all apart, did, you know, redid all the shock mounts. We redid my seat, got a, uh, um, a foot riser for me. Um, they spent uh, new wheels and tires. I mean, they spent in the essence of easy ten to twelve thousand dollars to to satisfy me in in a sense um, to keep driving, and uh, that says a lot about somebody, um, especially the Ratu family, to to ante up and put that kind of money into a truck that's you know less than a year old. Um, that obviously he performed very well in, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that the, the the Florida deal was was bad. The the transition was bad for me. Um, I'm forever thankful that they sent that back. I, uh, I told him after we went to Georgia after that, and I actually won, uh, the racing event down there. Um, you know, that was the first time I got out of a, any truck, even the Patrick truck last year and didn't feel, you know, a little bit of bumps and bruises and maybe my neck, uh, strained a little bit or whatnot. I could tell you right now that I feel probably the most comfortable in a truck um, in that Cohen truck right now, um, just my feet are in the right spot. My, my Hans is working right. Or my, my, my neck restraint, um, my head's tight. Uh, the seat's perfect. The engine's running great. Um, the, the shocks that the metal shop did, they did an amazing job with the geometry and, and changing things on that. Um, Zane, uh, and I worked on the, um, setting the shocks and the pressure. And I think we're very, very close on that. I uh, haven't hit a bus stack with it or anything yet, but, um, it's, uh, it's pretty spot on. I, I, I think I, I think I'm the most comfortable in it right now. So we're coming up to the renegade season and you're going to be facing some new faces like uh Saigon shaker and, and a couple others, but you'll, you'll face, uh, the, some of the same group of people, outside of your team, like the Virginia giant and toxic. Uh, how, what are you looking forward to in this coming season? Um, are you going to try to rattle pe some people cages? Are you going to uh, try to, uh, you know, stay be Mr. Consistency or, you know, what, what is your type of game plan coming into the, this year's season? Um, that's probably a pretty good question. I, I really haven't thought too much about that. I, I do know there's some new faces coming on. I'm more excited just to meet them because I, I haven't actually got to, um, meet a lot of the, the top guys in the industry. Um, you know, Ryan's worked on our trucks. They're building us new mini trucks. Uh, the metal shop haven't really got to be around those guys a whole lot. Um, if they're, if any of these teams are like Snyder's and toxic, I mean, it, it'll just be in a blast season because, you know, they're very welcoming and, and helpful. Um, as far as my game plan, my game plan is pretty much just consistent runs and not tear up a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't want to um, be stuck working on a, a truck till two, three in the morning, just as much as yeah, I don't want the, the crew guys to be stuck doing it. And, and thirdly, I don't want to cost anybody a bunch of money. You know, the reason that people get the opportunities to drive in any form of motorsports is, um, you know, they're not breaking a lot of stuff and 
um, and they're willing to help fix it and stuff and, and kind of do whatever it's taken. Um, we tested some new tricks uh, at Zane's place. Uh, I have a, a handful of new things that I'm, I'm able to do that I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in doing. Uh, it's pretty limited last year and that wasn't, that wasn't uh, solely Zane um, putting the clamp on letting me do anything. Um, I restricted myself some. Um, I uh, I didn't hit every obstacle every la at, er, last year only because I didn't know what it was going to do all the time. And uh, I made a better choice as to, you know, turn away from it, hit the things I was familiar with and, and kind of be consistent. Um, but uh, doing some stoppies now, I'm really excited about those. I really enjoy doing those. Um, you know, uh, the kind of got donuts down to where they're a little tighter uh, for straightaways at like Sealands Grove and different things uh, that I think we could we could do um, a little better. Um, sky wheelies are a little better. Uh, seems to be with with going this year. Um, just uh, just excited to have some different. Uh, comfortable tricks to be able to do. Uh, I'm obviously competitive at heart. Um, I was able to get a couple wins last year with, with the Renegade Tour even being new. Um, beat Corey, which is pretty significant. Um, you know, he's a he's an aggressive driver. Uh, he went undefeated for the good part of the first part of the season with the Renegades. Um, Zane, you know, all them guys there. I think the misconception in any of the monster truck world is, you know, that it's uh, it's rigged to some extent, but I can assure you to anybody that's listening, like it's for bragging rights. Absolutely. Like, uh, we pick on each other all the time. If, uh, one of us doesn't get a win that, you know, could have or should have. So just, uh, I think just, just consistent, um, not break a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, be there at the end of the season. It's, it's a long season. We're pretty well booked through Halloween and, um, I would love to say at the end of this year that I was very minimal on breaking stuff, but, kind of ran hard and, and had good seasons. So that's my game plan anyway. Uh, Dustin Spellone from Florida said, watching you all Florida tour, then seeing footage from after the Florida swing on the revamp, it looks like a whole fresh level of confidence was gained and it was noticeable. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Dustin. And uh, that's pretty well spot on. I mean, Florida, like I said, did not go well for us at all. Um, a lot of things happened after Florida, um, you know, obviously the truck got reworked. Um, Zane didn't, uh, drive those last, uh, handful of shows through South Carolina. Um, they got Leon, uh, Hofstetter there, uh, some seat time in the master of disaster. Um, and again, like I'd said before, and I mentioned when you can corner Zane and get his undivided attention, things are catastrophically different. Like, um, some of those shows he was, uh, he'd come over the radio, like, uh, you know, keep your momentum up or, you know, you could hit that one a little faster next time or do whatever. Um, wouldn't say he guided us through them by any means, but, um, that reassurance of him on the radio or, or telling you to, um, some of the things you did good and some of the things we could work on, uh, definitely propelled all of us. I mean, Lindsay, Lindsay enjoyed that Leon surely benefited from it. I definitely benefited from it. Um, so there was a lot of things happening. I mean, after, after the truck revamp at, at uh, the metal shop and, you know, Zane being able to focus on his team um, and his trucks, I mean, 
things uh things went really well those last uh several shows um so uh he's pretty spot on but i do appreciate that because i i i felt it every bit of what you saw so uh it's good good to good to see other people see it so is there any uh social media that people can uh check you out on um i pretty much just have the facebook i did uh i did recently do a instagram um Lindsay told me at a show in Georgia, uh, you know, that you should probably have one because that's what the fans see on the trucks. Uh, so I, uh, I did start one of those. I don't think I have a ton of followers on it yet, but uh, uh, it's Joe underscore Barely Tame uh, for that. Uh, and I just kind of keep that monster truck related. My Facebook, I, um, I kind of post everything that I do with monster trucks, but I also throw in, you know, what Logan and I are doing for fun and, and the pranks and different things that we do. But uh yeah, you know, anybody that wants to jump on there, it's, uh, uh, it's just a traditional motorsports life, I suppose. Uh, always on the road traveling or doing something something crazy with, with uh, engines and trucks or cars. So it's good. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, can't wait to uh, see how you do this weekend over in Gilbert and uh, get ready for this uh, awesome Renegade Tour. But uh, thank you for coming on. It was it was actually pretty cool, and have people know about you driving barely tamed and a little bit of the history of sprint car racing for you. Well, I sure appreciate being on here. I know there's a ton of things going on in the industry and a lot of people you can talk to, so I definitely appreciate that. But uh, definitely want to thank Zade and Lindsay or two for the opportunity to drive that truck. Uh, there's a lot of people that could could and would and want to get in a monster truck, um, and all the associated sponsors with our team. Uh, Rugged Radios came on this year. Schroeder uh, Torsion Bars came on this year. Um, all of our sponsors from last year. Uh, Wayne's Towing and Recovery is one of the bigger sponsors for uh, definitely for Barely Tame and keeping that truck out on the road. Um, but PCS Powder Powder Coating, uh, 717 Wraps. I mean, all these associated sponsors are huge in the role of the Rotu Motorsports team with, uh, you know, finances and uh, um products and everything else so without them uh i don't know that they'd be able to run a before truck program or they could but it sure sure helps uh but yeah i appreciate everybody's input i look forward to seeing everybody at the renegade tour this weekend uh forrest and chris and uh andy and uh dan all them guys they they they're uh ramped up and ready to go they've done a lot of training this year for themselves uh and i'm i'm excited to uh see them again that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. Once again, people, thank you for being on this episode of Crush This. want to thank everyone from High Octane Coffee, J Concepts, JB Scale Graphics, Back Channel Productions, which will be at the Gilbert Speedway. So uh, show some love for both of them. Uh, Six Be Apparel. I have a crew shirt on. This is the new wave. We got the old school one, too, for $100 a pop. I'm sorry, Chris, for not giving you a shout-out earlier in the program. My bad on that. JB Scale Graphics, take a look at uh, the decals and wraps that they do, officially licensed by Bigfoot, Bad Habit, uh, Against the Grain, uh, and much m many more. Um, so take a look at that. And then next week's guest is going to be Mr. BJ Johnson. Uh, he drove Gas Monkey Garage, Mohawk Warrior, Barefoot, the California Kid. Uh, he was part of the Monster Truck Mafia back in the day. So uh, take a look at him. We're going to give him a shout-out and some love and see what has he been doing since uh, he has left the seat of Monster Trucks. Uh, 
had uh, himself a, a, a recently a kid with uh, Miss Lindsay Johnson. If you may not know her, she was the daughter of Rich Hilgendorf, um, and he was part of Team Scream. Uh, drove the Spike Monster truck for uh, them for a while in the 2000s and whatnot. So it's going to be pretty cool to have BJ on. But uh, once again, Joe, thank you for coming on. And uh, thank you, fans, for being here. And uh, this is Crush This, a Monster Truck podcast. Keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. Peace. Thanks, guys.